Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I can't handle all of these venue apps. How am I supposed to cut down the number what of people doing to do if it rains? I don't even know where to begin writing Do I really vows. need an open This bar. bridesmaid's drama is driving me insane. The I Do Not Know What I'm Doing podcast. So I'm hanging out with Aaron of Eva's and Evermore Bridal, and we actually just did the wonderful world of weddings together. It was so much fun actually hanging out with you and getting to see what you guys do just on the ground floor of a big wedding show. What do you think is a big pro or a positive going to something like that? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, you know, for me, seeing and talking with all the brides, their moms, their parties, it's really important for them to be able to kind of have that one-on-one contact with each vendor. Yeah. So that one specifically is the biggest show that we have in the area. It's, I think, in my opinion, the best with the fashion show and everything. Plus, there's giveaways, promos, um, special things just for that show only. So if you don't attend, you may not have access to those. So it's a good time to get informed and see the ones you want to see. And, you know, there's a bar you can grab drinks. It's a fun environment, too. Yeah. So um, bring the fiancé is always a fun thing, too. So we had a lot of guys and girls there, which is great. I think it's cool to see like the personalities of the vendors too, because if you walk over to Eva's or Evermore, obviously Erin was there, she's working and you're like so easy to talk to. When you're shopping for dresses, at least for me, I feed off of other people. So I have to make sure that I get along with whoever I'm working with. But that leads me into my first like official question of the podcast too, because I know that we had a meeting and I told you I'm like a very sporty girl. I'm not really big into dresses and that sort of thing. And shopping for a dress, especially a wedding dress, seems more like a daunting task or maybe you just don't feel comfortable. How would you tell a girl like that to prepare for her appointment? I do feel like people think it's a big daunting task. And it's funny, at the show, when people were coming up, when I asked them, you know, do you have your dress yet? When is your wedding? Overwhelming response was that brides, like, they would gasp and sigh as though, like, it was this task. Um, Almost like, I didn't dare shop for my dress yet. So I don't know why that is. And if you think about it, it's usually one of the first couple things you get done. You get your venue. You figure out, you know, what you want your day to look like. Secondary to that usually is the dress. So that's the second thing that comes up. What you want to do is kind of prepare for that as though that's the thing that's all about you. Mm-hmm. So it's if you think about everything that you have to do for your wedding, that's the one thing that truly is about you and bringing the right people and having it be a day about you, usually with lunch and drinks and people even go out at night and make it literally a full day into the next day type of thing. So I think in terms of that appointment, just really thinking about, you know, who you want to bring, people that you trust, people that um, you value their opinion, maybe people that won't overwhelm you. Yep. I think um, maybe bring them on a second appointment. We can always, uh, we've talked about in our first podcast, recreating that experience if you do find the one. It's okay, I think, in this day and age to really think about who you want there and not have to go off the formal rules of, I should have them there. And then I think another thing that people do is they maybe have a preconceived notion about how the experience will go. Or like always, I think people share sometimes maybe something with their experience that either was really great or maybe not so great. And then you have that in your head of that's how it's going to be for yours. So really coming with an open mind, especially as you go from appointment to appointment or maybe your first day shopping. Not all stores are the same. I know, you know, our experience is different than other stores. And we want you to really come in with an open mind and and be fresh and be excited and not presume that something's going to go a certain way. Right. Just be open to kind of let us lead it for you and really enjoy it. 
That's what it should be about. So if it's not something you're enjoying, it might be too much. Can I take a break and come back to it when you're ready to really focus on you? And you mentioned bringing the right people along, too, as far as like when you're dealing with that many opinions, it can almost jade your opinion of yourself or the dress that you're trying on, too. And with somebody who's not like comfortable, maybe even with their own body, like they don't have, in their opinion, the best arms or they don't like their hips or something like that. What do you tell brides if they have a certain area that they're not comfortable with when they're dress shopping? Yeah, I think, you know, that is a weird thing. If you think about the bridal experience, you're meeting a consultant, usually or stylist for the first time. And then within minutes, you know, you're talking about your wedding, you're sharing all these intimate details, and then you're in there changing in the room with them and helping, you know, they're helping you get in and out of dresses. So it's a very quick intimate experience but what we want is you to feel like we're at the end of that we should be a friend to you we really want to feel like you enjoyed it and that you know we were genuine we were nice and that we helped you kind of get to where you wanted to be at the end in terms of finding your dress I think really setting that stage before you go in is important in terms of thinking if you are you know we're all self-conscious about certain things with our bodies that I think goes for every woman but I think if you kind of set the ground stage for what you expect out of the appointment with those coming with you it's okay to say you know today guys when I come out let me give you my opinion first and then I'll have you guys all weigh in or if you want to do it a different way like people I think you brought in you guys brought in the signs like the face is like yay we love it no we don't love it (laughs) Um, like on little sticks you can like turn and flip those are fun um, and that's an easier way. I actually think that's we have those at the store for brides that they don't bring those kind of like not my fave, fave type of thing where it's it's more a visual, less of the verbal, which can lead right. us to be even more insecure. So I would say set that stage. Know what you want out of it, and you can lead that with your group. It's okay to let them know how you want it to run. And let your stylist know, too, because they can often kind of control that yes. sort of thing without making you the bad guy. Right. We can help manage that and we can kind of be the quote unquote bad guy in terms of like saying, okay, when she comes out, let's not say anything on this one. Or, you know, we can lead it by saying she really loves this one. So prompt them to know, let's be kind of a little less critical when she comes out. And then I think, too, we talked about having the output of what we give to you in terms of feedback is only as good as what we get. So really being open and honest with your consultants that we can help understand what it is you're truly thinking or liking or not liking. And if we can hear that, then we can offer other opinions and ideas, some of which could lead to like alteration-based things that we know that's an easy switch or a fix, but you would have no idea maybe that that could be done unless we know that it's particularly the strap right above your shoulder that's bugging you. If that's the case, that can sometimes just be an easy thing that we can offer a solution that we would expect to know, but we would expect you to know. We talked about opinions, and even in the first podcast that we did, we also talked about differing opinions and how to deal with them. I want to talk about this leading into the appointment. So, for example, me and my mom have completely different tastes, and like she's more traditional and a little bit more girly when it comes to uh, picking out a dress or an outfit, and I'm not. Right, that's a great question. I think that this happens, too, in, I would say, most bride scenarios because there's always going to be someone, especially usually tends to be mom or grandma, that's within the family that really kind of, I don't know if they're thinking of what they had or what they Mm -hmm. want you to have, when maybe they don't even know your whole vision for the day yet. They might not know all the colors and the things you're putting together in your mind to build the day. What's really important is you want to, again, kind of set the stage for Here's what I'm looking for. So the consultant will help kind of lead you to and can bring things out and can kind of merge that if your family is wanting you to try on certain things that you don't. But that can be left for later. We really want the appointment to be focused on what you're really looking for and getting you there on kind of a straight and narrow versus winding you everywhere and maybe taking you out of your zone where you now are feeling, I'm not getting even close to what I'm liking. Right. So we really want to focus on what you want. And I think one way to do that and what we do at our store that's important is We want to be sure that when you're starting to pick the dresses and putting them on the rack or having the consultant take them back, making sure that the group doesn't send anything back unless you approve it. And we can help with that. We can set the stage to say, okay, you know, nothing's going to go back unless Shannon says this is the dress that's okay. 
that way nothing's going back there for you to try on unless you've already said, you know what, I'm willing to give that a try. Otherwise, you can get in there with 10 dresses you don't love and that's really defeating the purpose of the whole appointment. How do you handle a situation where there are two dresses that a bride is kind of teetering between? It depends on if it's the same type of style and then if they're two completely different styles. So the same type of style, you know, at that point, it really is her personal preference. So there might be a few things that she might be willing to weigh in on. Is, you know, is budget a priority? Because then it might come down to cost. Is it which one is more you? Meaning, which one do you really feel like when you have it on, like, usually there's, everything's relative. So usually there's something that kind of teeters you towards one or the other in that sense of, this feels more like me. And I think that's something you've got to weigh in on. That's important to feel when you rock something, it's going to be because you feel good in it. So yeah. I think even though your, your mind may tell you to go to one, it may not be the one you're feeling when you have it on. So trying it you know, on and how you feel in it, I think maybe between budget and that, those two things together. If it's between kind of the same type of style, it really would depend on maybe what matches your venue better. So what is your overall idea of what your wedding looks like and which one kind of fits that better? One thing that I know people do, and I really think this is up to interpretation of what works best for you, but the last thing would be, you know, how does it look in photos? I tend to think you're going to look great no matter what when you're like beaming in it and you feel like you just look amazing in it. So that's why I tend to lean towards the how do you feel in it? How does it look when I take a picture? How do I like it when I see it? That sometimes can sway you away from a dress because for some reason, like when it photographs, you don't love it as much. I like that you brought up the way that how of how you feel in it because you could be pinning a dress and this is the dress that you've had your eye on since you were a little girl and then you end up liking something and you almost feel like you're betraying the dress that you like fell in love with in the first place and it's just that you feel more comfortable, you feel, feel more confident in something else that you found and it's okay to not get something that you didn't originally plan on getting. With that, it comes the element of like surprise. Like I didn't, I never expected this to be something that I liked and now it, it is. So then it is kind of like, yeah, I'm betraying it, but I also am surprised that I like this. So yeah. now what, like, do I go with my gut instinct and say, yep, I feel really great in this. So I think that's what you have to do. I think at the end of the day, the preconceived notions, get them out of your head, be open and Again, it may align with your vision, but it could be opposite of your vision. You really don't know until you actually get them on your body. I feel like a lot of brides try not to say yes in the first appointment because they're scared of committing that quickly. What would you say to a bride like that? That comes up all the time. And what's funny is, you know, we mentioned this in the last podcast, like when you feel like it's the one and you found that it's the one, like with your fiance, you don't keep looking, you right. stop. and. That really resonated with me when uh, one of our designers told us that because I think we see the FOMO all the time, that fear of missing out, have to go to all 18 appointments. You can certainly do that. But when you feel it's the one, you might have to really trust your gut because you could also confuse yourself by going to other appointments and then being confused, trying to go back to the other store, going back to the other store, whatever it is, you might end up making the experience maybe less enjoyable and in the end maybe not end up loving what you end up picking out. So if you do find the dress, it's okay if it's the first one that you tried on or the first day. There's stats that say 60% find their dress on the first day. So that's important to know so that go into the appointment expecting, like, I could find my dress right, right here, right now in this appointment. And then I think that relief will come because you've told yourself that before starting. And we talked about in the last podcast, too, then after you find your dress, like, stop looking on Pinterest, stop looking. You can appreciate a bunch of other dresses, but don't confuse yourself if you're looking at things. Provide some advice for a bride who needs a little bit of a confidence boost that she made the right decision. Like after you say yes, that's the dress for you. Yeah, I think that's natural. And I think like anything, especially when it's an emotional purchase, usually it's a higher budget purchase, right? That we're not buying dresses like this frequently. This is really kind of a once in a lifetime thing. So I think, you know, it's okay to have that dialogue, maybe that rapport with your consultant who's now been with you 
for that hour and a half appointment, they're going to be in touch with you for several touch points before you get your dress or, you know, seek out your family and friends. Like we're here to help you understand. And we don't want to just sell you a dress. We want you really to find the dress that you envision yourself in for this special day that you're going to love, that you're going to glow in and you're going to send us pictures of after because it was so great and you're so happy and you, again, you know, are, are grateful that you found the dress and you're able to help you with it. That's what we right. want. We want that entire experience, not just the dress because there's dresses everywhere. Trusting yourself and not second guessing. I think, yeah, like I said, it's okay to keep looking and seeing things out there. But I mean, we still, I'm in the bridal business and I get excited every season when we open new dresses. I mean, mm -hmm. we buy them, we were excited about them when we bought them and then they come, it's like Christmas day. So it's always going to be beautiful ones coming up. That'll be the case for any season, any dress. But trust yourself, trust your gut, and know that when, when you picked is the right one. At the end of the day, there are some brides who end up making another appointment even after they say yes to the dress. If they are coming to one of your stores and they tell you, so I, I said yes to a dress, but I'm still not sure about it. What would you say to them, even if that dress that they originally said yes to was not from one of your stores? And we've had that situation before. You know, is it someone who is looking to maybe purchase a second dress or another right. dress because they're really unsure about the first one? Or is it more of a, I just feel like I need to try some on because I'm not sure and I don't know if that means purchase or not, but I'm just in that position. Obviously, we're able and willing to help either way. That situation, we really would need your input on why are you feeling like you're second guessing? What about it specifically? You know, tell us about your day so we can understand how you and the vision and the dress all fits into that. And then we can also better narrow and help you with a relative comparison of what we have to get you in compared to that dress that you said yes to. So it does happen, and sometimes people do buy a second dress. I've known right. brides that have bought three dresses. The good news is that through that experience, you'll be able to find out, okay, I did view more, I did look at more. Yes, I either need to make a different you know, change now, or you know what, this has just reassured me that I did make the right choice. So it'll get to a resolution, it's just gonna be really good communication of let us help you figure that out. And hopefully if it is, we could get you something else that maybe fits you better if that's right. the case. And going into the appointment, you usually have like somewhat of an idea, not everybody, but somewhat of an idea of a type of dress that you would like. So can we talk through some of the silhouettes and what they kind of highlight, what might be best for a certain bride? Um, so things like the the ball gown, A-line, mermaid, and that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, so there's a few different terms for different dresses too, but really the, so the ball gown, which could also be kind of a fuller A-line, which is just A-lines from literally that A-shape from the waist kind of flowing out. And that would be good for someone kind of with a pear shape. So if you're kind of smaller on top and maybe are curvier on the bottom, that would be great for you. I would avoid kind of higher necklines maybe with that silhouette only because the shape then you'll be kind of boxed out on top while kind of trying to work with your, your curves on the bottom. So really pear shape, look for that, that ball gown or that A-line. Hourglass, you know, that's a beautiful figure. So that's something that really could be in the mermaid or the um, fit and flare. And the difference there, I know a lot of girls are like, what's the fit and flare? What's the mermaid? What's the trumpet? The mermaid is really kind of tight at the knee. It pulls in right at the knee or right below. Pretty tight, like a really kind of nice silhouette. Those, I would say, are more rare. There's not as many mermaids out now that, as there used to be. That fit and flare is what we see the majority of, I think, dresses out right now. That seems to be kind of the trend. It's done completely different depending on designer and all the fabrics. But again, that hourglass figure in the, in the fit and flare really kind of pulls in, not as tight though by the knee, comes in and flares out, then kind of right to the floor. So that more subtle kind of flare. If you have more of an apple shape, the A-line again would be a really great shape for you. With that, with any of these, you kind of want to accentuate maybe things about yourself that you know you really love. If you want to show neck and shoulders, Think about that. If you're doing it off the shoulder, that would be really something beautiful to showcase your neck. If you, in the straps, that can be really delicate. That can also showcase your shoulders and kind of 
frame you out the right way. So consider the top of the dress based on what maybe you want to feature. Is it, you know, is it in the bust area? Is it your neck? Is it your shoulders? Is it maybe arm coverage? There are draping sleeves that can cover arms or that can be made. So that's an option. If you're more kind of a straight shape, just kind of straight down, not a lot of curve, the sheath dresses could be really in. So that's the thing where usually there's an underlay and then an overlay, which is typically a little bit more exquisite in the sense of it has beading or bling. So not necessarily just a plain sheath, but it has an overlay on it, which is the decorated um, embellished part. So those are kind of the main ones. You know, this is something too you can check online and read into, but I think this is really a base. I mean, there's some people that if you're an hourglass figure, you know, maybe you wouldn't want a fitted dress. And that's okay. You can certainly do A-line is really flattering on any body type. And there's thinner A-lines and there's fuller A-lines. But I think it's really kind of thinking about if you see any imagery that you like with someone who's in a similar body type as you. That's the type of imagery that you want to kind of look at and pin just so you can kind of see like, okay, well, she looks like the same type, you know, me up top and the same bottom. So you can kind of see if I were to get in that style, that's kind of what it would look on me. I think... We look at models who are six feet tall. Right. I'm 5'2". I'm not going to lay the same one <laughs> on me. So um, you really got to kind of look at the image, imagery that really kind of focuses on what you could look like in it. Do you believe that choosing the silhouettes has an effect on what style that you choose for your bridesmaids? I think it can. It certainly does not have to. Again, we're kind of in the day and age of no rules in the, in the sense of things can kind of mix and match a little bit, even across bride and bridesmaids. But there are some if, you know, maybe... The, the bride chooses something that's like an asymmetrical kind of swoop over to the side. She may pick bridesmaids dresses that are like that or similar. Right. That really is personal preference. And it also is something that maybe the bride outlines the color of the dresses but for the bridesmaids, but they're able to pick out their style. So they could pick something similar to the bride's, whatever her kind of look is, if it's the asymmetrical swoop or not. At the end of the day, I'm sure the bride would pick and kind of tell all and be the final person yeah. on that. But it does not have to match, but it certainly could mirror what she's wearing. I feel like that's a, a very popular thing too, like what you mentioned. The, a lot of brides are choosing one color and then you pick out whatever style is most flattering on you or she gives you kind of like a range of colors that are in the same family and then you can choose whatever color but same dress or something like that. Do you still have a lot of brides who are coming in and saying, I want this color in the dress and I want all my bridesmaids to wear the exact same dress? Yeah, it's both. So we still have ones that pick, you know, one style and one color. I would say the majority are picking kind of what you're saying. It's one um, color, and then they get to pick the style because mm -hmm. everyone's body's different. That is important, especially if everyone's, you know, forking out money to buy this bridesmaid dress. You want right. to feel good about what you're buying, and you want it to look good on you. We've all been there, I think, in some way, shape, or form. We've felt this isn't the best cut on me, but, you know, it is for the bride's day, so you kind of suck it up and wear it. But it is really great when you get to pick it because you do feel a bit more vested in that purchase. And we have brides doing kind of anywhere from one to three colors, you know, that kind of either match or that, you know, go well together. And then you can either wear the one style dress again or still have a mix and match in terms of style. So it's across the board. I think typically people know which style they're kind of honing in on, which color, I'm sorry, they're honing in on. So I think from there, they kind of can let the girls pick. From what I'm observing is she's allowing her group to kind of have some input in that yeah. and pick their style too that they might really like. Have you been seeing a lot more patterns in bridesmaids dresses too? We have, so we've seen some floral, and I think floral is coming back in, and I did have girls at the show asking for floral yeah. um, bridesmaid gowns. So it just kind of depends yeah, on the trends that are coming out, and then the new season of dresses will showcase that when we get them in, um, either for fall or for spring. So I think there'll be more coming out. I think certain colors definitely are trending right now, kind of anything in your pink, your mauve. Like the um, wine colors. Yes. I was definitely hearing that when we were at the bridal show. Yes, a lot of that, the burgundies. Um, and with those colors, anything that is trending – 
um, you're going to have a lot of options between the colors and between the designers on that. So that'll be good. That There's going to be a lot of choices within your, your range that you want. What's something that you would tell brides to be a little bit cautious of when it comes to having those different dresses, whether that's a different color or a different silhouette? Yeah, I think the one important thing is, and this is where your um, store and your consultant should help. So we would help you identify, you know, which designer um, that anyone can pick from so that no matter what, the color will be the same across um, the style. So even though you're picking different styles, we'll make sure that the color does match because the same designer is going to cut them all from the same bolt of fabric at the same time. So that will be important. And again, too, we can help you match up. Like if you have a main color and you're looking for accents, we've got all the color swatches there that we can kind of help you match up. You know, this would look best with, or here are some options. Um, or even here's what we've seen. Because okay. again, no one's attending everyone else's. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. So we can have some input on what we've seen that's actually turned out really, really great. Um, just put a note of caution. If you see kind of colors online, sometimes they'll have the colors. Obviously, it's on a computer screen. And if you print that, it's going to come out a little bit different. So use that as a guide. But I would use the actual swatches at the store to really give you that true color. Is the time frame as far as like when you purchase your wedding dress similar to bridesmaids dresses? When should you start looking? It should be the same. So we say about eight to 12 months out, you know, start the shopping process because just like bridal gowns, it can take four to six months to get them in. Obviously, you can shop within there. We have a lot of people that shop within there up to about six months out. But what you want to do is allow yourself to have the most amount of options available to you. So the farther out you shop, you won't, you know, run into rush fees because you're now on a short time frame. You have to also consider that by the time, whether it's maybe you picking out the dress first or you going with your girls for the first time to pick out the dress or the colors, that takes time to organize and coordinate. So you've got to kind of build in your, all right, I got to get everybody scheduled and make sure that they're in town or a day that right. works. That's going to probably take a few weeks to get together because everyone's busy and it does take some time to coordinate that. So put that into your planning too because we always see the one girl or two girls that they kind of give up on and then we just say, you know what, we'll just work with her to have her come in. It's not a problem because the bride can't manage everyone's schedules. So right. We'll help you with that, but start early to leave yourself more room. Let's talk about that for a hot second, because I know that there's not a right or wrong thing. So based off of your opinion, what's the best way to shop for bridesmaids dresses? Would you bring along like your maid of honor and maybe one other girl or just you go out and search for something? Or would you have everybody together? I think you've got to know your party. So it really can depend if, if you've got a really huge party. 
it may make sense to come first, maybe with your trusted kind of entourage, maybe your either your mom or uh, maid of honor or whoever that may be, your best friend or all of the above. Um, just a smaller group so it doesn't get overwhelming where you can kind of say, okay, I've, at least I've narrowed in on colors and I've narrowed in on some styles. Otherwise, if you don't do it that way, at least be narrowed in before you come then, maybe with some colors in mind and some styles in mind that you might be thinking. If you're totally open to letting everyone pick their style, I think at that point it would be okay to bring the full group. I think then you know, you know, I'm giving them color advice when they come in, they'll know. And then from there, I'll be there to, as the bride, you know, help them decide which style may fit best and look best. You can kind of make your stamp of approval. There are other brides who leave it very open and the girls come in on their own. They say, here's the color. They know the designer. They know the exact color given to them. We have it all in the notes and keep it for them. So when they come in, we just go upstairs and help them find their style. It depends on what your comfort level is. But if you want to manage it more, I would say kind of come in and make sure that you kind of approve their styles. Anything works, I think, as long as it's communicated to whoever needs to do the task of getting the dress. Right. Then if you're all on the same page. Let's say that you do bring everybody. You're always bound to have that one bridesmaid and she'll probably flare up during the appointment Mm -hmm. talking about that she doesn't like the dress or it's too much money to spend on a dress. Do you have any advice on how to handle that situation? Before the process, I I guess, you know, I'm married now, so I've been in so many weddings and I've seen all sides. I've worn dresses that I've hated. I've worn dresses that I've absolutely loved and would love to wear again, which usually, you know, people have said, like in bridesmaids, but it's not necessarily true. This is something where I think if you're open and honest with people, especially if none of them in your party have maybe been in a wedding before or not been in the same type of wedding that you're having, if it's more traditional or more formal, let them know what they can expect. I think half of the shock of anything, right, is you're just not prepared. If they know, okay, here's how long it's going to take. Here's what the process is. Here's where we're going to go. Here's what we can expect to spend. All that information, either we can provide you, you know, at Eva's or Evermore or online. There's all these kind of FAQs to get all that information to you. If they're prepared to know, here's what I can expect to spend. Here's the color that I'm kind of looking at. When they come in, they're going to be a little bit more prepared and not necessarily freaked out of like, oh, whispering of I hated that color. I had no idea. At the end of the day, it isn't their choice. Right. But I think the price sometimes can be sticker shock, you know, anywhere from you know, 120 to 220 is typically your dress pricing. And I think that's something that everyone needs to understand that when it's your day, you'll understand and you'll see. Um, I think sometimes it's people that maybe haven't been in a party or been married that maybe put up the stink. Hopefully being open and honest ahead of time so that they're aware and can kind of know. And that can help people budget. Hey, I've got this dress coming up. I'm going to, you know, pay that off this month or whatever so they can right. plan ahead as well. Telling them far enough in advance as you as you can, I guess, and having that ballpark range, obviously it changes with whichever dress your bride is going with, but between the like 120 and 220 pretty right. much. Age. And then alterations on top of that. Right. Yep. And usually alterations for most people, again, we're all different in our bust, waist, and hips, which is no matter where you go, that's how you're measured. There's going to be some taking in needed. I mean, I have to take my dresses in every time as well. So um, it's usually the sides and the hem. Those are the two main things that just need to be done for length. And then your sides, at some point, maybe you adjust it in your hip. Maybe it's just up by your bust. You're only charged, though this is something that I think people don't understand, you're only charged for the work performed, though, meaning the sides are open and the sides are closed or the hem is taken up or the hem you know, is maybe even let down if it's possible. So you're not charged for the amount of fabric. I think sometimes people think, oh, my gosh, this is too big or I lost weight and I have to take out four inches, not two Totally doesn't matter. Yeah. So you can take out one inch or 20 inches. It's not the amount. It's what the work performed is. It's just adjusting your sides. So how much is taken out is irrelevant. I even think there was a preconceived notion about that when I started in the business. So I think that was helpful to know that. Don't worry how much is adjusted. It's just what work is done. Right. That definitely helps. I remember even thinking of a wedding that I was in in August because I was in like three weddings within a month. 
I'm like, okay, so if I wear heels to this one, I'll get less taken off. So this alteration will be cheaper. That's why I want to wear heels. But it's not. If they're no, going to be doing a hem, right. they're doing a hem. Right. You could make the dress completely short above the knee, and it's the same price because it's just the cut around the entire bottom of the dress. It's just a hem, whether you're taking it up an inch or 20 right. inches. Really. Now, it might differ if you have, like, multiple layers on top of that because then they have right. to hem multiple pieces of fabric. Right. The thing about alteration, so that's another thing that is a great point to make sure that maybe the bridesmaids know how to time is likely something will need to be adjusted. But, again, no matter where you buy, I know people say, well, that's the reason we'll buy online or we'll go into a store. Either way, it needs to be adjusted. So alterations are going to need, be needed. It's going to be very rare a dress will fit you exactly unless you're running in the same size and you're the perfect height. Right, and that, that changes between designers, between stores, totally. and all that stuff. So how are you even supposed to know? Right, and alteration quotes are free. So that's one thing to know is um, at our stores you can just come and get a quote where they'll literally line item it out. Okay, for this dress, how do you want it to fit? They'll talk you through it. They'll pin you. And then you can see, okay, if I get the bust adjusted or if I get the hem or whatever it might be for bridal gowns, if I have three layers, here's the pricing. And it's itemized. So you can see all in what your total would be before committing to anything. So I know that we talked about in our last podcast what brides should bring to their appointments. Bridesmaids, let's talk a little bit about that because I'm sure it's similar that you should obviously bring a, a strapless bra. Bring, um, you know, a, this is a silly one, but like a ponytail holder. So mm-hmm. In case your hair maybe isn't going to be down, at least you can kind of pull it up and see um, to try to get it the look of as close to what you would maybe look at on the day of without having everything fully done. Um, sometimes people get their makeup trials done the same day of, as their appointment, which oh. is kind of nice. So um, if you're planning on doing that, that could be something to align. So that way all your appointments that day, you at least got like fresh makeup as close as it would maybe be um, like the day of. And people are going to be taking pictures of you in the dress. Like yes. regardless, you don't yes. post them right away, obviously. But Right. And we have girls that if they want those pictures because their hair did get done that day, their hair trial and their makeup trial, whatever it is, they'll get in a different dress. One that they yeah. know no one would know, you know, would think that they would buy and take a cute, fun picture that they can post. Like obviously not the dress, but got glammed up today Yeah, type of thing. Absolutely. That's really cool. All right. Let's talk about the groom and the groomsmen appointments as well. What are some trends that you're starting to see with the men's attire? Yes. So right now it used to be, again, the formal, you know, just the tux. Right now it's the tux or the suit option, which I know is something that a lot of people are trending towards the suits. Mm -hmm. Um, I think maybe because of color options or things like that. But I think really it depends, I guess, on the formality. If you're going to stay true to the formality of it, the tux itself is a little bit more formal. Um, and that's just the tux. The main difference between a tux and a suit is really kind of that satin edging. So the lapels are different. Um, there can be satin edging. There even are velvet lapels now. For Ooh, some of the, fancy. Yeah. And then on the um, pocket, there's some satin there, some satin down the side stripe of the pants. And then the the typical bow tie, which would be formal for your tuxedo. You obviously can definitely switch it out and wear a regular tie, but the traditional tuxedo is a bit more formal with the bow tie. Vice versa to that, guys that wear suits also can wear the bow tie now. So it really depends on your look. You know, obviously tuxedos are black. They do come in other colors. I know there's some trending burgundy right now, which actually looks awesome. So yeah. seen in photography, it looks really, really sharp. So again, it just kind of depends. And then the tuxedos can be formalized with kind of how the lapel looks. Does it have the notch? Does it have the peak in it? You can kind of see up at the the top of the lapel what I mean by that if you look at pictures, and it'll usually show it too. So I really think it depends on what you're looking for and what you're looking to do. This might sound a little naive, but do people still wear cummerbunds? Is that Not it? that I know of. I don't even know if we have them anywhere. Um, no. The only think... reason why I know what that is is because I used to work at the movie theater. Yes. So like we would always have to wear them. It was a formal thing. I think, I mean, I'm sure you can. I'm, I know you can still get them. And now that things are coming back in, 
Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe there could be an entrance again one day for them. <laughs> I don't know. But um, or even like high school proms or something, maybe. Who knows? But yes, not so much of that, more the vest, right? To have that kind okay. of three-piece look. But a lot of groomsmen or a lot of grooms, I should say, don't typically always get into the planning process. Obviously, that changes. So if a bride is really particular and she wants to be the one that chooses the suits or, or the tuxes or her groom doesn't really want to get involved. What are some facets of the suit or the tux would you give her advice on, like, knowing about? What should she look up before looking at suits? Yeah, I think it's... With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It can be a little overwhelming, especially when you're trying to do get your bridal done, get your bridesmaids done. And I think third would be your tuxes and suits to figure mm-hmm. out what you want. Again, look at imagery. I think to me that's the biggest thing. Um, not even between, you know, tuxes and suits, there's then adding in, do you want the slim fit? Do you want the ultra slim? Do you want the regular? So there's a lot of different fit options. And again, pictures are going to be the best way to look at that. So look at pictures, look at imagery, and I think kind of figure out, I think most people are doing that because you want to see, okay, I'm having this type of wedding. We've all Googled and Pinterested what colors I'm having and kind of see, okay, gray looks great. Or maybe I should switch to black or, um, so I would hone in on maybe what color you're really looking for because you're at the end of the day you know you're going to want to default by color because you, right. you don't necessarily want to get stuck with something and then from there within that color we can tell you what options are available suits maybe something that's more available based on your color choice if you're looking in the navies the grays the blacks you're going to have um, the most options but again if you're doing burgundy or something there's some really sharp um, things that are out there for that so at the end of the day you can wear something more formal even if you're having a less formal thing if that's the one you, if that's the tux that you love so i would say pick what you want Maybe your guys are going to wear something different than the fian- your fiance, or maybe the best man is going to wear something different in terms of a color or a, a pocket square or something that could just set them apart. Those are ways that you can kind of make each person unique without changing the whole look between everybody's either suits or tuxes. That was going to be my next question, because obviously you have <clears throat> bridesmaids who can differ in color or in styles. You don't see that as much with groomsmen, but you can change pocket squares. I mean, have you ever heard of a wedding that has like different colored suits for all the different groomsmen? Yeah, there's been like light gray and dark gray type of things okay. where maybe the best man and or the groom would wear a different color or the vest be a different color. That is a big one as well. So all of your suits or you know, tuxes look the same. Um, ties, so ties, pocket squares are the really easy way to do it so I have this friend and I will never forget this this is why I have to ask this question but he was uh, very big on procrastinating and like didn't try on his suit until he went to the the place that he was renting it from and it was literally like right before the wedding and he didn't realize that I think it was um socks weren't included or socks were included and he had different shoes I I don't really remember but he didn't have something as part of his suit or tux that he needed for the wedding day. So, like, on his way up to Green Bay, he had to stop somewhere and pick something up, and then he didn't match the rest of the guys. What's all included in a suit or tux rental, typically? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So, depends on where you go. So, we have, um, you know, Dubois that we partner with. Everything is included because the, the point of the partnership that we have is that there's no hidden fees. There's a lot of things where there'll be this advertised price, right? And then you go in, and you're like, okay, but it doesn't include this, this, or this. We don't do that, and they don't have that. So, Everything basically but the socks. So your coat, your pant, your vest, your shirt, your tie, your handkerchief, shoes. And then if there are, you know, tuxedo buttons or things like that or cufflinks that come with the shirt that's picked with your 
ensemble, then those would also be included. Okay. So really the socks are not because kind of like bridal, some things like alterations aren't included because some people don't need them. So it's the add-on service if you need them. And most guys, I think, now pick their own socks because they have, again, another like way to the funky way. Yeah, fun colors where they all cross leg over their knee and then they've got the cool picture with the sock showing. So that's like another thing that you can do, which guys think are fun, yeah. I think that's what ended up happening too, that he didn't have socks and he was like stopping and couldn't find any. So I think he actually stood up in the wedding without socks. I don't know how that happens, but it's like a classic boy scenario where it's like last minute. All right. So say that the bride does want the groom to get more involved. What are some ways that you can advise her to get the groom a little bit more excited about the shopping experience? Yeah, I think, you know, for him to come with her to the tux or suit appointment, I think is good. But you don't want us to have to come back and redo it, right? So there you can at least have the open discussion of like, yep, we're leaning towards that. Let's kind of start making decisions and moving towards a certain solution or you know final decision of what you're going to wear um, but then if he comes I think sometimes too especially if you're getting it at the same store like at Eva's we've got our dresses upstairs tuxes and suits are right next to it so you can actually pull the colors pull the dresses mix and match um, there's a whole huge you know circular thing of all the color swatches and patterns you can get for your, your pocket squares nice. and things like that or your vest so you can take those over and look at the next to the color which is really nice because some are patterned and some have a sheen to them and some are ombre looks. So you want to be sure it matches what you have. And doing that all in one place and together can avoid redoing later, um, especially if you come home and say, okay, this I, agree, I agreed to do like, you know, almost all of this. How are you feel about it? And then it's a totally different um, response from him. Then you're going to be back at square one. That happens to me all the time throughout this wedding planning process. Adam will tell me, oh, yeah, choose whatever. And then I finally choose something. And he's like, well, I didn't agree to that. Like, what do you want? Like, well, you told me to go and do my own thing. So I don't know what you want from me. Uh, how far in advance for suits and tuxes should you be looking? So there's a shorter lead time on that. But I would say, I mean, by four months out, three months out, you want to be buttoned up on that. So that way, again, you can make sure that everything gets ordered and the right sizes and everything and everything can be in. Can you get things within that time frame? Absolutely. Like there is, you know, the week of, day of, and I've had my fair share of hearing about those as well. Um, guys that don't try it, it so on much or anxiety. Pick it up. Yes. And then we're, at that point, we're just like, don't tell us about it. Just go yeah. figure it out. Um, but the sooner, you know, the better just so that there aren't things like that that come up that, you know, add to your day. Um, Everybody they, knows that they're supposed to buy socks. Right. Yes. Get socks or have usually maybe the groom will even buy them for all the guys, whatever. Right. But yes, wear socks, think through your outfit um, or have, your, you know, if you're a nice fiance, do it for him. But I think, you know, having him kind of plan earlier with you. So if you can do the appointments, I would say right after you do bridesmaids really is the best time to do it. It can be a little overwhelming to do bridesmaids with that because by that point you're exhausted. You just tried on a ton of stuff, but at least now you've narrowed your styles and colors. Then you can set up a fresh appointment to come right back and do tuxes at a time that works for you and your fiance. All right. So this is always the age old old question because you're spending a lot of money, whether you're the groom or the groomsman, and people always teeter between renting and buying suits. What is your take on buying suits versus renting? So again, it depends. Like, is it going to be mandated by the bride or groom based on what they're looking for? Like, we want tuxes. People don't usually wear tuxes to a lot of events. I know very few that actually own one, but I do know a couple. So that type of thing, they wouldn't purchase a tux. You'd be renting. But if it's something where they're going with suits, I think you have to consider, you know, yourself in in their shoes. Like, is this a color that they would likely maybe wear again? If it's a gray or navy blue, um, that could be something that they'd be like, okay, great. Buying it makes sense for me to do. Between the guys, you know, some guys never wear a suit for their job or would wear it. You know, I don't want to buy it because I wear it maybe, maybe once a year then that might be the guy that, you know, rents and maybe the other ones buy. So um, between the lines, you can look at the collections and see which ones allow you to maybe do both within your party. 
But it really depends on, yeah, I think you might get some pushback if it's a really unique color that maybe wouldn't be worn regularly. At the end of the day, it could be the bride and groom's call. So it just depends on how you want to handle it. I know that you touched on having like the bride and the groom go look at the suits together. Would you recommend that the groom bring uh, another pair of eyes, like the dad or best man or something like that? Yeah, I think you could if, you know, if there's if you feel like there'll be value there that he'll have input and in, in care. And especially maybe if he's wearing something different than the rest of them, if it's the best man that maybe is going to be wearing, you know, something different from the groom, but then also something different from the rest of the groomsmen. Um, that could be a good idea. I think it just depends on kind of like the bridesmaids. Is it the right person to bring, right? You know, do you trust them? Is it going to be valued input? Or is it just, I mean, it could also just be fun time to hang out and then go out to lunch or whatever after. But I don't think it's a bad idea. I don't, I've never seen a full group of guys come in together. It's just been usually. <laughs> just not that yes. type of relationship no, between guys. I don't think they're that, I don't know. Maybe it's the organization of it, but it's usually been maybe one or two guys or just the to-be-groom fiancé is coming in. What would you tell the groom to bring with him for the appointment, or the bride to tell the groom? Um, he doesn't really need to bring anything specific, because for him, he would just you know do regular measurements um, if they did make selections. I think it's just coming in with their ideas on color, and they would need to know what if they're coming maybe by themselves, because the right. bride's like, this is on you, you figure it out. They need to know what the bride has maybe, or maybe he selected um, <laughs> as the colors for the big day because you, you need to be make sure that that's matching and in sync. Otherwise, that could not bode very well. Right, <laughs> absolutely. Later. Yeah. But guys have it so easy. Like, they you don't do. have to have your hair done. You don't have to put makeup on. You can do whatever you want. They do. They just need to know where and when to show up. But that is the easy part. <laughs> All right. So I'll ask you this final question for you when you were uh, wedding dress shopping, when you were bridesmaid dress shopping, what was your favorite component of the actual shopping experience? That's a good question. I think, um, well, looking back, now I realize, because I bought all my stuff at Eva's before, way, gosh, this is years ago before owning it, but I ended up picking a dress that I think they got by accident, in, in the color by accident, and I ended up being with champagne pink, and now ooh, love it. I'm like, ooh, I was ahead of the trend, and I like picked one that wasn't even supposed to be there, which is kind of funny, so it was like an accident dress. But I really, I'm trying to think, we just made a big day of it. I know a lot of girls, we just got the cutest pictures of girls peeking their heads out of the bridesmaid rooms upstairs. We have five in a row, and each girl had their head poked out a little higher than the other one. So just cute pictures and cute things like that that um, the girls do when they come in. So I think for me, I know we made a day of it. We had lunch. We went out that night. We just kind of shopped and picked everything out. Yeah, I think that might be the best way to do it is make it an experience that's Get the work done, but also have some fun around it, too. Right. And that's a bonding experience. And a lot of the girls probably haven't even made, they know of each other, but maybe not all of them have met yet either. If you have friends from different areas that are standing up. Right. Great point. Yep. Very cool. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for chatting with me today. Anything else on bridesmaid, groom, wedding appointment? No, I don't think so. I think just, yeah, stay on the timeline. Help out, Let us help you manage that. And then, yeah, 8 to 12 months out, start shopping and picking out bridesmaids and then getting into suits in Texas. It's the exciting part. Cool. Well, thanks for coming in. All right. Thanks for having me. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.